Okay, happy innovators. Are you ready for another uh, album breakdown from PC1, Pipe Choir, me, Mike Bostwick? I hope so, because that's what we're about to do. Um, I'm going to give you a little rundown of the PC1 album, Wilderness, which was uh, kind of a breakaway from the normal pipe choir sound uh, album that consists of only really acoustic guitar based songs kind of like a folk album um, uh, if I remember correctly I, I think that just prior to uh, working out the songs for this record I had gotten the Bob Dylan CD um, his debut CD, The Freewheeling Bob Dylan. And um, it was very inspiring to me. Um, I've talked about it before in my podcasts where, you know, there was this uh, point in time where I kind of discovered Bob Dylan. I had previously, like for years and years and years, um, I couldn't figure out why people went so gaga over Bob Dylan. I just, you know, I was only really familiar with mostly like his newer stuff and it was like, okay, a lot of it wasn't good at all. And why do people like him so much? And I, you know, decided I would try. Go back to the beginning and you get his first collection of songs and listen to them and really kind of like see if I could figure out what it was about him that people liked. And, uh, Within the first song or a couple songs, I was sold. I got it. I understood. It was magnificent. And um, it kind of changed everything for me. And uh, I think that this album is kind of like the pipe choir answer to that calling. You know, that folk music calling. And um, so all the songs on here are really kind of acoustic based stripped down or you know that kind of idea um and the the name wilderness you know um i thought was apropos because um at the time that i was starting to write these songs i had just moved into a house i had lived in an apartment with my wife up until like this point and uh, it was the first time I ever had a freestanding house of my own and um, there was a lot of freedom that came with that especially for somebody who has a recording studio in their house and uh, the property that we were on had previously been a horse farm so um, it was a big piece of land there was forest all around us, and uh, to, you know, to go outside was like an adventure almost. I mean, it was fabulous. Um, there were animals everywhere, wild animals on the property all the time. Uh, we had a massive garden. We it was just like a, like a whole new world, you know, a whole new take on life living on this property and living in this house and um, the songs I think um, reflect 
a lot of those feelings. Um, now, not all of these songs were written at that house, but most of them were. And all of these versions, with the exception of maybe a couple songs on here, were all recorded at that house. So um, it was like right after I finished the Division album, which was a whole lot of emotion and anger and, you know, just all kinds of loud sounds, you know. Um, uh, I got that out of my system and kind of like naturally sank into the vibe of this property that we were living on and really kind of, <laughs> you know, while running the risk of sounding corny, like I really connected to the land and to the environment. And uh, it was a large part of the reason why I wound up loving that house so much. Um, and I've talked about that before when we had to move from there. So this is like a time capsule me to go back and listen to these songs and the spirit behind these songs which is very earthy and very solemn and folksy and hence the name wilderness um, I'm looking at the CD right now I'm holding it in my hand and uh, this was the third album that I was going to release on CD so this was my third attempt at creating a CD package. Uh, and I got better as time went on. Um, I'm not sure if you can still buy this CD anywhere. There's probably used versions of it floating around, but um, the imagery, you know, is suitable to the name Wilderness, I think. I have the acoustic guitar body on the front with the same tree branches that are used for Ad Astra 3, the same tree branches that were used on the cover for the debut Pipe Choir CD, um, self-titled. And, um, you know, I got kind of creative with the design and uh, it was, had a little more experience, so I'm proud of the way this one came out. Um, you open up the booklet and there's like a bunch of wood that I had chopped for our fireplace. And um, you know, I chopped it myself. And, um, and that's kind of like the image that the titles are superimposed over and all the liner notes and everything. And, um, you know, pretty, pretty basic uh, album cover, I think. But uh, poignant and suitable to what you're about to hear. And uh, the CD face that I'm holding in my hand right now is um, actually the wood from the guitar that I recorded these songs on. And when you take the CD out of the disc, like the tray, the image in the back is this fire barrel that I've talked about. Um, and it's on the property that I'm talking about too, where, we, where I wrote all these songs. Um, this was my backyard and it was fantastic. It was like heaven. And uh, we had this fire barrel and um, we used it to get rid of garbage. Like whenever we had paper trash and stuff, we would burn it. And uh, I told the story about how I, I had made a decision to unload 
a lot of the baggage that I was carrying around. Having, uh, you know, exercised all that stuff out of my system with the Division album, it was time to, you know, throw the past into the fire pit. And I did. And I made this massive fire in this fire barrel that you can see on the CD here. And then I, I filmed it. And that's where those fire videos came from. If you ever watch any of those, they're older and they're, you know, you can find them still. But that was that fire barrel right there in the picture there. And uh, the back is just a picture of a tree, a tree bark, um, one of the trees on the property. It was a, a happy place, a very, very cool and um, creative time for me there and so that's the cd cover it's the cd package you may or may not be able to find it anymore but that's okay i'll show you the images in the video like i'm sure i have already and um we'll get into the music now so here we go uh pc1 wilderness okay so yeah track number one the song love um, I gotta say, if any of my songs were a hit for me in my world, this song has uh, traveled a lot. A lot of people love this song. Um, it evokes an emotional response from people. And, um, and I understand that, and I understand why. Yeah. Uh, this song was written a long time ago, actually, and it sounded very different when I first wrote it. The lyrics were different, and uh, I had it kicking around for a while. And... I tried, I think, maybe I tried to record it once in Cleveland, but uh, it, it was written, and I rearranged it, and I changed it around a little bit, and came up with the version that we're listening to right now. And at the time, I didn't think too much of it. I thought it sounded good, I liked it, but I didn't really think that it was going to be something that people would latch on to. But I was wrong, and it started to kind of take on a life of its own once I released it to the public. And now it's the kind of thing where I get messages from people, they're like asking me if they can use it at a funeral for a relative of theirs or something like that, like those kinds of things. And, you know, they don't have to ask me permission. Like nobody has to ask my permission if they want to play one of my songs at a funeral for crying out loud. But uh, it is kind of like a nice way of me knowing or finding out that it's affecting people that way. And, um, that means the world to me. That's a pretty serious thing, you know, when you think about it. When you make a song that 
is so emotional to people that they associate it with the people that they love, the people that are in their life. And uh, like if they die, you know, this is the song they want that represents the feeling of love and sadness and the emotions that come along with that, right? So that's what it is to me now. It's, it's kind of like not my song anymore, you know? It belongs to the world, it belongs to people. You know? um, it's got a very Pink Floydish kind of uh, feel. I've had people tell me that. And, you know, while I, I like some Pink Floyd music, I'm not a huge Pink Floyd fan. And uh, I've had a lot of uh, negative experiences with Pink Floyd music. But um, I wasn't trying to sound like Pink Floyd. You know, this is like a very basic music and very simple that anybody who's beginning to play guitar could play. It's very easy. And I like that. You know, it doesn't have to be fancy to be good or to be enjoyable. Usually it's the opposite. It's the more simple, the more people will appreciate it. And, um, the more universal it becomes, maybe. And I think that that's what this is. And I, I remember when I first released this online, it got reviewed by somebody. It was the very first review I ever got for any music I did uh, on my own, like recording myself. I said, this is what Pink Floyd would sound like if they were a modern day indie band. And I I remember that that review that quote and I, I cut it out and I saved it it was like I printed it off the internet and I saved it it was my first review and it was such a great one you know kind of like I don't think you can get a higher compliment than that not lost on me and that's why I, I decided to start the album with it because I figured it would be the nicer thing to do, like give the people the song they like the most first. You don't have to go like deep into the album to find it. It's right there. Track number one. Press play. You might hate everything else, but you know, here's the one you might like. Now, the next song is a song called Time to Climb. Um, I wrote this song for my wife when she started to go to graduate school. I was actually particularly happy, I think. You can hear it in the music. Um, you know, she kind of, throughout her life, she kind of had, uh, what would be the word? There was a lot of adversity to her success um, a lot of the times uh, she really had to kind of fight through to get what she wanted or what she was aiming for and um, that's kind of like what I'm singing about here the possibilities for her and her future 
you know, it's time to climb. She was going back to school. There was a lot of optimism and a lot of hope in our house at that time. Uh, we were happy uh, with our, our living conditions and we were comfortable and, you know, just kind of like um, comfortable, like financially, everything. Everything was all right, you know. And uh, we were starting to reach this point, like in our life together, in our relationship together, where we had come out of like a, a difficult and dark period of time. It was a very long, uh, cold winter, you know, so to speak. And we were starting, it was starting to change and we were starting to move into what we would eventually become, which is what we are now. And um, this song is kind of, like speaking to that you know our, our future and her future in particular um, you know my my wife is an educator and she's an academic personality she, she's intelligent she's you know a good test taker you know I, I'm not Okay, I'm the opposite. But, um, you know, she works hard. She worked hard in school. She cared about her grades and she cared about succeeding in school. And I, I, I didn't. But I admired that about her. You know, I wish that I was more like her in that way. And um, I wanted to, like, honor that with a song you know um, so like when I hear this song now listening to it now I can feel the feelings again of that time that time to climb you know um, yeah there's a little bit of like realism like here you know the world is a place of things you cannot buy. And I didn't mean buy like financially. I meant things that you just, you can't buy into, you know, you don't believe. And the world is cold and it's harsh and it's hard and difficult, but it's also a place of hope and love and faith and time. So it's like, there's hope. I like that in a song. It's good. It's good to do the angry stuff and the heavy stuff, and it's good to do all the different things, but then also do something like this. You know, I'm proud of it. it came out pretty good, and it was recorded well. It did good. It did good. That was from my wife. Okay, now we'll see. Now, track number three is Coming Down. Oh, this is an interesting one. I haven't thought about this song in forever. This is one of my wife's favorites. I can say that. She likes the way that I sing it. Especially at the end when I start flipping out. This is just my voice and a guitar. I mean, I... Bare bones, man. 
I don't know where this song came from. I don't have a memory. I don't. Very simple. Almost like a, like to me, I get the feeling of like gospel music. I don't know, for some reason. Like almost like it could be sung in church. You know? It's got this sense of happiness and joy. And then of course, like, you know, talking about the kingdom coming down. Um, with this sense of like a, a Christian view of the future, you know? I believe, I believe in love, I believe in something, Beach Boys, oh my gosh, you know, a shameless Beach Boys interpolation. Yeah, it's to me almost like a country song or something, it has like this 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 feeling you know i don't know it's just it just jumps on you you know very simple like if someone were learning how to play guitar you know they could play this very easily very easy to learn You can hear my voice clip a little bit as singing loud. Get up there. My voice can get up there. Here's the part she likes. singing about not being sarcastic though hope you know I can see the good things coming and they were they were we had come out of a long dark time and we were moving into a new phase and you can hear it you can hear it in that song of course you know as I've been saying over and over again in podcasts and album descriptions on Axis this song is special these lyrics are Pipe Choir this is the message of Pipe Choir condensed into one like what three minute song or something yeah three minutes and 47 seconds squeezed all in there you know it's in there Sometimes I wish I could hear somebody else sing this song. 
like somebody who has a really great voice, um, like a real singer. Maybe with like an orchestra behind it instead of acoustic guitar. I can tell you, these lyrics, this singing, this performance and everything, it's like from the tips of my toes, you know, almost like with tears in my eyes, literally, I'm not kidding. I really feel it, you know, I feel this song. There's a lot of sadness leaving our families, leaving Ohio. And the circumstances, you know, were not always pleasant and things. And there was a lot of pain, a lot of sadness. And it was real. It wasn't like. Uh, just drama or something. It's real. It makes me a little sad to hear it because it's, you know, I guess maybe, I wouldn't say wishful thinking, but it was like what the world I wished that we could have. Receiving humility's sword. I mean, it, you know, the sword of humility cuts through so much crap. You know, where the loudest of laughter is born. Yeah, let's go there, man. Let's go there where we can laugh louder than we ever have. To a life where your happiness lies. Turn away from all those. All the people and the things that hurt you and turn to a new life. Start over. Turn away. There's no time for goodbyes. Ugh. Good lyrics. Good lyrics. No BS, man. Singing about serious things. I'm not joking around. Okay, that was on Axis. Only All. I remember recording this song. And it was like... This music, when I hear it, is like cool water. That's what what it makes me think of. Like if you're in the desert and... You get an ice-cold drink of water, like when you're really thirsty and hot, and when you're refreshed. This music does for my soul and my body what a cold drink of water would do for you if you were really thirsty. That's the best way I could describe this song. When I hear these, this chord progression and this music, and... Uh, definitely could hear an orchestra 
in my mind, you know, playing this music and how beautiful that would sound, you know. And uh, she she needed one to start. I'm singing about Mother Teresa. Um, yeah, beneath the Hindu sun. And they all prayed. See, Mother Teresa had a phrase that she used a lot, which was only all. And at the time I was reading this book, uh, a biography of her, and uh, I was really feeling it, you know. I was feeling the sentiment of her message and, you know, what her life was like and what she was doing. And there were all these people that were kind of ridiculing her or like they were talking against her, like uh, criticizing her work. And it just infuriated me, you know, just, oh, it's so stupid. Like they have the luxury of, you know, condemning her for whatever. It's like, shut up. You could never be her. So just shut up. When you say what she does means nothing, then I know it means something. Only all. It's true. It's how I feel. That's what I'm saying. A little bit of anger, you know? Oh, she didn't help poor people. She, you know, facilitated their poverty. It's like, oh, shut up. (laughs) You have the luxury of sitting back and ridiculing her, judging her for being charitable, you know. It's a good book. She was simple, you know, and small and not very strong. But man, that woman had a will that (laughs) not too many people have. A lot of guts, too. She never gets credit for that. You know, how difficult it is to step into the world of Calcutta India and the poverty there and leprosy and all those things that were there and she walked right into it and dealt with it and and touched these people spiritually physically everything she was everything Okay. Oh yeah, okay. Now we got the instrumental here, a short little one called Pause. Little guitar, little like ditty thing that I did. I thought it was kind of cool. If you listen closely in this song, you'll hear the creaking of like wood. And of course you hear the waves, the ocean waves like crashing. And it kind of sounds to me like a ship on the sea and you can hear the creaking of the hull, you know, but actually what that creaking is, is my guitar. And, uh, I had this really old, technically piece of shit 
acoustic guitar that I've had forever and I've used it on every you know song when I use an acoustic guitar that's the one it's a, a piece of junk technically but I've used it and I still use it and uh, I'm playing it here on this so when you hear that creak creak of wood that's my guitar malfunctioning technically and I just had to leave it in because the microphones picked it up so it works though <laughs> I mean like it's kind of weird now when I listen to this it works like it sounds like a ship on the sea and that's kind of like the feeling of the music really right can't you imagine that like a ship on the sea piano in there too. I forgot about that. Just a little kind of ditty, like a little sketch, like a... just music. No words. Sometimes that's cool to do. It's a good exercise too, to do as like a guitar player. To have to fill you know, like three minutes or something with just playing. There's no singing. There's nothing else to take your attention. It's repetitive, too. You know, psychologically, I think that's nice. Like, it's uh, makes it easier to listen to when it returns back you know, keeps keeps going back to what's familiar. You know, you don't have to wonder what's coming next. It's staying in the zone for a while. I do that a lot with PC3. And hearing this now, oh yeah, there's a little bit of vocals in the background, and I forget. I forget. I don't listen to this stuff as much. I'm usually busy doing something new listen to that you can hear me singing in the background huh good idea <laughs> well, haunting you know echoey and haunting on the sea sailing across the sea pretty cool song called pause I, I liked it I like hearing it Kind of like the seed for a lot of other ideas. A little instrumental. Which goes right into track number seven. Too much to never. Oh man, this one. Kind of a sad song. A little bit of, you know, feeling sorry for myself, I guess, in this song, but I meant every single word I'm singing. Like it's not like a a metaphor or something. I, I, I. Can never go home. It's true. I could, I could never go home again. And I didn't mean like the geographical place. I mean, the place that I knew in the past is gone. It's now. It's still there, but it's, it's changed so much. Having lived, you know, away from there for so long. After a while. 
even your hometown becomes strange to you. And too much division and too much divide. Too much to know that I can never go home again. I mean, it's so true. This is this is truth, you know. Too many changes and too much denial. So true. Sad, sad, but it's true. It's true. So much bad blood and backbiting and betrayal, you know. Everything was ruined. Like everything at home was ruined, destroyed. It's true. Now there's been a lot of repair work since then and time does heal a lot of pain and sadness. But at this time I was writing this, it was at its height. And uh, like so much so that it like came bursting out of my mouth. Like I had to get it out. And like I said before, that idea of like, once I, like I, I could have a feeling in an emotion or a memory or a thing and I can carry it around for years. And then as soon as I say it, or as soon as I sing it, as soon as it comes out, it's gone. It's like smoke. And I'm not kidding. It's really what it's like for me. And uh, I discovered that by doing the podcast and by writing songs. I mean, I, it's a fact. It's a, it's a wonderful thing to have. Because if I want to get something out of my mind, I want to forget not have to think about something or talk about something anymore man it's the best way it works me singing to my wife we we have each other we don't have family anymore but we've got each other yeah she's got me man and I've got her we may not have any other friends in the world have each other and that is a fact that's a fact this song is true this song is truth not some poem I wrote or something or some abstraction you know this is point blank the truth of my life Sad. Sad. My heart was broken sometimes, too. Oh, boy. Really. I don't think about it too much anymore. But, uh, oh, the stupid things, you know? Life is like that. The stupid things that people do to each other and say, and all the mistakes and the. There's probably a lot of families that are like that, I would imagine. Just so much, so many stupid things that we do. It's a mess, you know, sometimes. Ugh. So, yeah, check number seven. Too much to never. Ouch. Okay, now track number eight. Ave. A-V-E. Three-letter word. This song... 
It was written in Cleveland. Right before we moved, probably. And this really is kind of like, um, it's kind of a prayer, like some of my songs are. Um, yeah, I tried, I tried to do good. Like I tried to be a good person. I tried. I failed. And, you know, subsequently made a lot of enemies and made a lot of mistakes. But I tried to be good. See, that's the one thing I've always said about myself is like, I, and I want you to listen to this, okay? I may have hurt people in my life, but I never wanted to hurt anybody in my life. Okay? There's a difference. You know, a sin of omission rather than a sin of commission. You know, I, like, I, I never wanted to hurt somebody. Never had that desire. But I have hurt people. And that's what this is kind of saying. You know, and um, ultimately, you know, because I have faith and I believe in God and I pray and those things, like when there's nobody there for you and there's nothing there, you can always go to that to survive and to get through things emotionally. And people who don't have faith or don't believe will never understand that. You know, when there's nobody, when nobody will be with you, nobody will be on your side, nobody will comfort you, faith will, and it does. And that's why people who believe really do believe because not because it's wishful thinking or they, you know, it's, it's like because it worked. Like the, the spirit that God has put on earth works. It's real for people who are open to it. It's really there. And for me, it was, and it, I needed it to be. And that's what this song is kind of uh, communicating. You saved me. When there was no hope, there was no way out of the sadness. You saved me. You led me out. When even my own family wouldn't, or when even my own friends wouldn't or couldn't, this invisible spirit, this invisible force that's always there guided me out of it. And it wasn't me being clever. It was like really something else outside of me leading me out of the dark. That's the truth. That's what that song is. Ave. Okay, track number nine. The Blues with No Horizon, a simple little goofy little song. I wrote this song while I was doing laundry. (laughs) I did. I wrote this song while I was folding laundry and ironing clothes. And I was just kind of like working, you know, doing it. And this idea came to me. The music, the vocal lines. You may have won this time, but in the end, you're going to lose. Like over a blues kind of guitar progression, you know? You might win a couple more, but in the end, you're going to lose. Like this idea of the super optimist, you know? These people that are uh, 
you know, maybe doing the wrong thing and they think they're going to get away with it. And uh, <laughs> nobody gets away with anything. Okay. Uh, and that's what this is about. And I, I just think it's funny because I was like folding socks, you know, and this came into my head. And I went downstairs into my studio and immediately recorded it. And it came out, and that's what you hear. This was all done in about maybe 30 minutes. Done. And then I went back up and folded more laundry. <laughs> God's honest truth, man. It's the truth. Very simple song, too. And it's, it's like, it, you know, songs don't have to be these, like, you know, sophisticated epic jams all the time. Sometimes the best themes are the simplest themes and the best guitar lines and stuff are just like really simple. You know, this is blues music, a blues chord progression on a piece of crap acoustic guitar. But it works. I like it. And you know, this song could be sung to me. <laughs> you know, like I'm not saying that I got it right. You know, like, I could think I got it right and in the end I'm going to lose. Like, you know, uh, nobody knows, man. Nobody knows for sure. So just stay humble, you know, and, and uh, watch out, watch yourself. Don't get too cocky or too confident because, yeah, you might win a few times, but in the end, you're going to lose. So shut up. You know? It's true. Real simple, real quick. Done. Good job. I like it. Nice and easy. Okay, track number 10, The March. This one, I worked hard on this one, I think, that I remember. I, I was on this song for a while, making a lot of different versions and kind of coming up with the right words. And uh, it's a little kind of um, elementary. It's really simple, like a kind of lunk-headed almost in the cliche, you know, but I think that I really was kind of feeling the, the vibe of the property that I was living on. Like, that's really what this is making me feel, like the trees and like getting back, me, Mike, getting back to nature like getting back to the earth you know and singing about that kind of like that connection between the spiritual and nature and like how you can get in a, like a feedback loop with nature and god and spirit and you know um you don't have to be like a holy person or anything you know it's like it can just all of a sudden just jump on you and that happens to me, and it does still happen, you know. Um, there's something about that connection with the earth and the trees and the animals and the, 
air and the sky and God. And it's like a, a it's a good bubble to float around in for a while sometimes. And that's when I hear when I hear this song. Yeah, it's a little bit on the nose with the spiritual thing, a little bit over the top. But so what? So what? How I felt. How I feel sometimes. I'm sorry if you don't. You know what I mean? But I do. Absolutely. You spend enough time out there in the wilderness. (laughs) You know there's a God. You know it. You know it. You can see it beautiful and I do feel it sometimes and I do see it and I like to sing about it and talk about it and think about it almost like another gospel song you know and I like that I like that idea. I never tried to write a gospel song, but this is probably as close as I could get. It's beneath every mountain, inside every tree. It's almost a cliche, the guitar chord progressions, and you know, to people who are really great players, this is like a joke, you know? But I don't care. <laughs> like, it's simple, so what? Listen to these words. Something beautiful and free. Something merciful and strong. Something merciful and strong. And I start to sing along. But think about that. Merciful and strong. You know? Like I like that. The noble warrior. Right? That's the way to be. If you ask me. That's what I hear when I hear that. In the river of life, oh, baptism, track number 11. Oh, you know, I think of baptism. I think of those scenes in movies like, um, like, oh, brother, where art thou? Or, you know, any kind of scene where there's a baptism on the banks of the river and all the people are there with their white robes and someone's you know uh handing their soul over to god officially in front of everybody and uh that feeling that's there when that's happening because i would imagine like if this whole god and spiritual thing is real like if it's real when someone is being baptized in the river like that it's news in heaven you know like it's a big deal we see it as like oh these people are by the river doing this thing but like if you were to see the like parallel dimensions around this event it would probably be like you know legions of angels you know I mean I just that's just how I see the world you know like I imagine that and it makes me almost want to cry it's so beautiful and so good you know and that does happen. There's a lot of bad things that happen in the world. 
but like that kind of stuff happens too you know people are saved you know and they're relieved of their burden the burden is set down and they're set free you know it happens man it happens you know and they call it baptism you know like that, that happens you know and uh, I want to live in a world where that can happen that's great we need more of that people just being at peace you know feeling it feeling peace and uh, I think that feeling lives in this song for me you know that feeling of real peace spiritual peace like it's okay you're okay everything is going to be okay you've been saved you know, you're, you're relieved of the burden you know of, of whatever it was hallelujah you know mm. if I think about it enough I, like I said I could probably get tears welled up in my eyes it's that kind of beauty you know, uh, and oh man, did I mean it when I was singing this, you know, I did, I mean it, it is not showbiz, you know, this is raw, you know, because I have felt that, I have felt that, in my bones, you know, hmm. amen, it's so true, no BS here. Sometimes I can strip the world away and get right down to the brass tacks. And uh, that's what you got right there. Track 11, Baptism. Track number 12. Love is the happiest way. Hmm. Yeah. I wrote this one uh, very quickly. This is one of those where I sat down with a guitar, I pressed record, and the thing just came out. It's repetitive and simple but listen to the words man it's like it's pretty does anyone know the way it's a question does that does anyone listening right now know the way right because i think i see the way in her eyes Like just gushing love at this woman who's my wife you know who's worthy of that love too trust me she really is she's not like anybody else and everybody who knows her knows that you know she's not like other women Love is the happiest way. It is, man. I dated so much and it sucked. None of them had the qualities that my wife has. She has all of it. Okay, they had some. Like this girl had some of this. This girl had some of that. This girl had some of this. But my wife has all of it. Okay. And uh, couldn't love a person more. And that's what this song is. I'm throwing a love dart right in her face. Like, if you let me hold your heart in my hands, 
you let me hold your heart in my hands, I won't let you down. I won't. I won't. She's just so cool to me. She is. She lets me be what I am. You know, she just lets me be what I am. She knows what I am. She sees it. And she's always just let me be it. She doesn't interfere. She doesn't try to, like, corral me. She just lets me go. And love is the happiest way. Being married is better than not being married. And I don't care what anybody says. I'll never be convinced otherwise. Being married to somebody and being in love with somebody is so much better than dating somebody or being alone. Um, Love is the happiest way. That's the answer to the question. Very simple. I did another version of that on The Last Major Sin. I ended the album with a heavier version of that. I'm very proud of. And I'll do a breakdown of that, too. But uh, for now, we'll go on to the final track of PC One Wilderness, track number 13, a song called Dreams in Overdrive. And... I think, I don't remember 100%, but I think that this recording that we're hearing right now is on cassette tape. Like it was on a cassette and I transferred it to a digital format, but like this is a recording on a Tascam four track cassette recorder. So it was technically like a demo but it was just one of those things that came out good, you know? Good enough to sound like it's not on a cassette tape. Very simple and trippy, psychedelic almost, but... Hmm. Brings back a lot of memories. Revealing the diamonds behind your eyes. That's a a line I took from a group called Last Crack. (laughs) Last Crack had an album called Burning Time. And he made a reference to diamonds behind your eyes. And I thought that was a cool image. But Then I just go off into this vamp, like this uh, right here at the end. Like the verve. This is like the the verve. <laughs> like I love them. And this is a, a ripoff. I, I said I wanna do like the verve did. Totally. Totally. But it sounds good, you know, and it works. It's a great way to close the album, like to fade out on this dreamy kind of optimistic floaty cloud into the future. You know, proud of this album. Proud of it. A lot, a lot of good uh, raw emotion. That's not all bad. You know, it's 
connecting to the invisible, you know? Like, it really is. That's really where I went, I think, with this whole collection of songs. You know, a lot of untangible things that I'm singing about, you know? Because that's a there's a big part of me that's like that, you know? I'm not ashamed to say it. And I don't care what people think either, you know? Like, you'll never convince me that uh, I'm wrong on that front. Sorry, not gonna happen. I've lived way too much life and went through way too much BS and good times too for people to convince me that it's not real. There's no goodness or something. There is no heaven or whatever. Oh, shut up. I don't want to hear it. I know too much to know. It's real. It's real, man. So there you go. Happy innovators. That was the entirety of PC One Wilderness, an album that I'm really proud of. You know, maybe somewhere down the line, I'll do another acoustic album. Maybe. Although this, you know, in all honesty, this collection of songs was, you know, over a long period of time. It was not all like I sat down and just wrote song after song. There was a lot of years in between some of these songs. But, um, you know, I do have a bundle of acoustic songs that I've never released still. I have a handful, uh, a couple of really good ones, too, that will eventually, I hope, you know, find their way onto some kind of recording or something. So, but uh, yeah, PC One Wilderness. There it is. And remember, folks, if you want to keep what you've got, you've got to give it away. Take it easy, everybody. <laughs>